This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Richard Fletcher. Richard is an online coach who's helped people get to 20K of business in one to two weeks just by simply tweaking their social media. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, uh, thanks for having me, Roman. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I went... <laughs> I took many years to kind of learn online marketing because I, I think I was slow to catch on because I mean I went to uni and I went traveling and in like 2003 I came back and I was like well I don't want to work for someone else and I found uh, Herbalife you know Herbalife the MLM I found them and joined them and I got like three thousand dollars worth of stock in my garage of like that they insisted I needed to sign up with because like if you want to be on like the super duper diamond distributor plan with it gets more commissions you need this and that's uh, I stayed in my garage for about uh, well in my parents garage for about 12 months and then I threw it away because it all gone off and I sold absolutely nothing in that time so that was my that was my first experience in business and then from there um, I started quite a few things I started like a um, started a website showing backpackers how to travel the world but couldn't figure out how to monetize it then i joined another mlm then i did a few other various different websites and then i sold a few things including physical products but nothing really clicked until about 2014 when um i started dating coaching um basically i kind of like the struggles i had with dating and kind of getting to the point where i was like you know i was like okay i think i can teach this now uh, to kind of former versions of me and i actually went through four different rebrands of my website until I came up with something that actually worked, that people actually resonated with, that guys were like, actually, you know, this makes sense to me. Um, that process of going through that taught me so much about marketing. And although I was still coaching dating, I was kind of helping people with their online business stuff on the side, just for free, just in other people's Facebook groups. So in about, two, what, June 2018, I set up a Facebook group called The Magic Source for Online Marketing. Because I was just like, well, I can just talk about whatever I want in there. and don't have to worry about other people's rules in their groups or whatever. Invited a bunch of people. It grew quite big. Um, and then after a couple of months of that, I was like, oh, why don't I offer them some products? Because a lot of them need help. So I did. And here we are now. And then, you know, since then, I, I got married since then. And um, I just kind of got lost interest in the dating thing. And then the online marketing thing ramped up. And here we are today. That's awesome, I think. Yeah, I'm a self-taught digital marketer always uh, as well. So... I think it's important and I think the value of people that kind of jump in the trenches and learn it themselves, yeah. uh, whereas having a traditional education with something like digital marketing, the curriculum is uh, constantly changing. So what are some of kind of the mm. things you did learn from all those rebrands and how did you, you know, get to that final version of that site? Yeah, it's a good question. So one of the, one of the original sites, like the first site I had, I called it just richardfletcher.org. But no one was really interested in that because that's all about me. And you know, one of the things I realized, people want it to be all about them, not about me. No one cares about me. Um, then I created something called Way of the Gentleman, all about kind of being, how to be like, 
instead of like a sleazy pickup artist, how to be more gentlemanly but still get the girl. Then it was okay. I got some clients, but people didn't really connect too well with that because they were a bit like either they were skeptical about whether being a gentleman could actually work. And they just didn't really want to be one. They wanted to be like this big sort of pimp player, you know, <laughs> in the, out in the bars, you know, all the girls around him and stuff. And I ended, I ended up coming up with a website uh, with a brand called The No Game Principle. So what a lot of guys learn when, like, they, they go, well, I'm not meeting the kind of girls I want. They go online, like, you know, how to pick up girls or whatever. And they'll find something called Game, which was, like, popularized by a book called The Game, written by Neil Strauss in 2005, which was all about this, like, undercover society of pickup artists in L.A. I don't know. Are you familiar with that, Roman? Roman have you heard of all that? I have not, but it uh, sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it is interesting. So he kind of infiltrated this society of pickup artists who were like sharing all their tactics for going out to meet women in the early 2000s and wrote a book about it. Um, so then, you know, a lot of people call it like game where you sort of, there's a lot of these coaches online who teach game. Like you, you, you turn up and you say a pre-rehearsed opener where you go and say, okay, you know, you ask them a question about something. Um, and then there's a bunch of routines which you'd remember, like you'd listen to like a three minute monologue where you talk to them about something and you'd have like all these stories memorized and stuff like that. And you know, a lot of guys tried this stuff and didn't get much success. And even when they did get success, it was like, it feels weird. It feels like I'm not being myself. It feels like I'm pretending to be someone else. So to those kind of guys who were trying so hard, putting on this, if you like, like a shtick, like an act, the no game principle really appealed to them. The idea that you could just quote unquote, be yourself, have no, have no game, just turn up and be like, hi, I wanted to meet you and still be appealing. That was really appealing to those guys. So, it was, it was, so some of the lessons that I learned were about you know, appealing to one specific area of the market rather than everybody. Having a, if you like, um, a positioning that stands out from everybody else. Because at the time, I don't think anyone else was really offering that. I think quite a few people do now. Yeah, I think it's important. I think you can be everything to, you know, everyone. So finding that niche, because if you kind of focus on everyone, you're not going to necessarily even reach anyone based on your efforts. Or if you're a small business or up and coming company, obviously marketing spend and just man hours for marketing don't necessarily exist. So figuring out, you know, your target audience is very important to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think target audience has to be like, you know, the old school um, niching down method or you probably say niching, right? But you know, niching down where you like, um, you come up with like Julie, 45, has three kids, lives yeah, in- persona lives in Chicago and you get like a stock photo of some 45 year old woman off the internet and you put it on a piece of paper and, you, and you know, she likes drinking Chardonnay at weekends and she's going out for dinner with the girls uh, she reads Vogue or Marie Claire or whatever and she works as an IT project manager and this and she likes eating sandwiches for her lunch and like, all that stuff is just like most of that's useless data but that's what we've been taught about niching it's more about it's more about being able to talk to people for me anyway it's about being able to talk to people who are in a specific situation in their lives so it could be like a 19-year-old lad or a 60-year-old woman who are both in the same situation. For example, they both may be running their own online business. Uh, every time on a sales call, they make their pitch and the person went, oh, that sounds great. Um, let me go away and think about this. I'm a bit busy right now, but let me go away and think about this and I'll come back to you later. And then they never come back. And, the per and this person is like, why the hell is this going on? So a lot of my content, when I put out, I talk about the situation you're in without talking about the person. Yeah, I agree. I think that focusing on those need states mm. uh, overshadows the traditional. We're looking for somebody, you know, 19 to, to 25, because like you said, 
anyone can have that need state. I mean, like a business owner or somebody in a specific field can be starting that company at age 20, you know, 40, 60, 80. And if you target by those metrics, you're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. It was more for me. It's like the kind of person, a lot of it's sort of personality based, like the kind of person I want to work with. And that's not necessarily related to age. Um, I did a little audit recently and found that for some reason, 70% of my customers are women. And I don't really know why that is, but I don't know. They just seem to make better clients. I seem to enjoy working with them more. So that's what happens. But I'm not, I'm not intentionally going after them. They're just the ones who seem to come to me. Like, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what your opinion is. That whether blokes just don't want to ask for help or whether, you know, they just, they just, I don't know, they just don't like, don't like me or what. I can't, I can't, I don't really know why, but it doesn't really, it's not keeping me awake at night. So I'm not too fussed. Yeah, and I think that that's important, that user behavior. So kind of the psychology of marketing and the psychology of decision making. So figuring out what that target, you know, need state, what makes them tick, how you can alleviate that need and how to give them information that they need right away to kind of faster make that decision and go with you in terms of, a, you know, a product or service over your competitors. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So what motivates you to succeed? Honestly, I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to say to this, like, you know, uh, I'm, I just like helping people because I'm such a wonderful human being. But really, I just want to, I mean, I've always wanted to make money. No, the, the thing that kept me going through all those dark years where I had a decade where I was basically making zero um, and I had day jobs in that time, you know, were the fact that, I know people always say, think about what you want, what you don't want. But I was always just so adamant that I did not want to work in some boring office cubicle type job for the rest of my life. But there was no other option. Like I always wanted just to be able to kind of write my own check, work at home, do whatever I want, and not be answerable to anyone. And this is this is this, you know, this is what I always wanted. So the motivation is more kind of the lifestyle that I want, not having to fit into the, if you like, the what we assume, what we're told is meant to be a career. You know, you go to work, and how many people just say, well, you know, you don't enjoy your job. That's just how it is. You, know, you go to work and you make the best of it and you look forward to the weekend, you look forward to your holidays, but it pays the bills and that's how life is. And I was like, I know there's people out there who are loving what they're doing. So if they can do it, I can too. So it's more about just kind of not accepting mediocre, really. Um, one of my biggest fears is regret. Getting to the age of 70, 80 and going, you had a certain amount of talent and intelligence and skills and you wasted it in some like corporate IT job. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, making a move or anything like that, or even transitioning, like you said, obviously you worked, like you said, day jobs to then get to where you are today to kind of uh, actually make it a living. And I think taking that leap, anything you're doing in terms of business decision or a personal decision, taking that initial leap is scary, but it's even scarier. Like you said, when you get to 70 and 80 because the, the things you didn't try, you're going to regret. The worst you can do in terms of trying is fail, but use it as a learning experience. And then taking that and applying it to something that, you know, you're doing next in terms of uh, value added. Well, especially these days as well. You know, like in the 20, 30 years ago, you start a business, you put your house on the line because you've got, you know, you've got a uh, some sort of store or something that you're renting. And if that fails, you're bankrupt. Whereas nowadays, it's like, you know, it's, you got to go on like a couple of hundred dollars to go online and get, get someone to build your website or whatever or do it yourself and try it out. In fact, you don't even need a website now. You know, start posting on Facebook. Just do what I do. Start posting on Facebook about what you do. Post in the right way. People end up in your inbox and you convert them as clients. You don't even need a website. You can literally do it for zero. 
So you know, it, it, there's no reason not to do it, really, if you, if you fancy yourself as a, some sort of coach who can help people. Yeah, I agree. I think at the end of the day, it's just kind of the, the, the barrier of you being your worst enemy. So it's I, th- I like to say it's you versus you at the end of the day. So you have to give yourself the permission to take that next leap. And like you said, I think Facebook, regardless of kind of uh, privacy issues or organic reach, it still has a lot of value. And I think especially Facebook groups, they're uh, very valuable in terms of actually finding the right people you're looking to target or even start a conversation and learn anything in terms of what you want to do in terms of uh, services you provide or knowledge you want to attain and having a genuine conversation and presenting yourself as you know somebody that wants to learn or add value and it it adds you know exponential kind of reach like you said you don't necessarily 2020 I, from, a, from a marketing aging perspective i would recommend a website but like you said if that's your hindrance in terms of time building one or money then you can go those social media routes as well. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not saying you don't need a website or don't have a website. I'm just saying to get started, you don't need all of this fancy stuff and spend six months setting up and doing all that. Just get on with it and put your offer out there and see how people respond to it. Then you can build all that other stuff later. You can build. You know, if you if for some reason you're stuck in 1989 and you want to make a business card, you can do that later. But get some sales first. Get some money in the door. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? I have no weaknesses. How dare you? Um, <laughs> so, um, I can have like an obsessive nature. Like I just, um, I get focused on one thing and then I want to do that one thing and figure out that one thing, sometimes to the detriment of everything else in my life, which has helped me get to where I want to go in business. And like, you know, when I started learning guitar, I then forgot about everything else in my life for six months, but then I was able to come quite good at guitar. So it's kind of like, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's a tricky one because the level of focus to be able to become good at something, you do need to be obsessed to a point. But then if you, if you, if you learn marketing for a year and then your wife leaves you because you're not paid any attention at the time, is it worth it? Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of like something I have to balance out all the time, you know? Yeah, I think it's important and uh, I think people are often talking about that work-life balance, but there's no really 50-50. Something always has to be sacrificed and at that point of your life, what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you focusing more on business? Are you neglecting in terms of friends and family or vice versa? But there's, I mean, me personally, I mean, people can disagree with me, but I don't think there's a 50-50. No, you can only do one thing at once. So... If you're choosing to do one thing now, you're not doing all the other infinite number of options you could be doing right now. So you've made a choice priority-wise that this is priority number one. Even if that one thing is just scrolling like a zombie through your Facebook feed instead of actually setting up a business, that's what you've decided is priority number one right now. Um, I actually think that people have a lot more time to do stuff um, than they realize. It's just we just get reeled in by doing stuff that doesn't matter. Like, even even now today, I find myself scrolling on Facebook way too much, and I'm like, "Is this doing anything for my life?" Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think social media is a a gift and a curse at sometimes. Mm, right. So, what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? It would be to um, understand a couple of things. First of all, understand principles rather than looking for techniques. So what I see on Facebook a lot is say, people look for engagement posts, you know, posts that get loads of likes and comments, and they see someone else ask a question or, you know, whatever, 
uh, that got like 100 comments. They're like, oh, I'll post the exact same question tomorrow instead of understanding the reasons behind why somebody engaged with that post. So now this this goes in like the whole of marketing, you know, when, like the whole funnel hacking thing from ClickFunnels where it's like basically, I'm like, is that not just kind of plagiarism and just changing it a bit? Now you find someone else's sales page that's working and then you copy it and make it your own brand. But it's like, you're not understanding the principles of what went into that working funnel. You're not understanding what's making people buy. It might be a completely different audience and those words may not be relevant for your audience. And until you understand that stuff, you're always kind of like enslaved to having these tactics given to someone else. Whereas if you learn to do it yourself, then no, you're free. You can still market to people in 50 years' time once you understand the principles, no matter what. you know, Facebook probably won't be around then. There'll be some brand new platform that we can't even imagine right now. But you'll still be able to sell to people because at people's most base level, their wants, needs, desires are still going to remain the same. You know, They're still going to want to... What makes people engage, what makes people want to take out the credit cards and buy, that's going to be the same in 50 years' time. It's going to be the same forever, regardless of what changes around us. So it's about, first of all, figuring out the principles of what makes people buy, but then figuring out how are you unique in the marketplace? What is it that you've got to offer? If you're a fitness coach, you're not just another fitness coach who's like um, saying, move more and eat less like everyone else. How can you show yourself as being different? What have you got that's not just another fitness coach? <clears throat> I mean, that's one, of the, that's one of the biggest challenges for people these days because no matter what niche you go into, there's like a billion other people doing it. Yeah, I agree. You have to kind of get through the noise and, and show kind of your unique value proposition. And even uh, we're on a podcast now, I think it's important where uh, if you're a, a host or you're a guest, kind of add value first. So through that added value, you initially get clients or recognition. So you don't even have to heavily sell because I think a lot of people and a lot of professionals just sell, sell, sell. But showing that unique value prop proposition and what makes you different is actually selling it for you. So that could be a personal thing, like you battled uh, diabetes or something in your fitness uh, example. I've had people actually on the show that are now you know, fitness coaches or like fitness influencers that were pre-diabetic. They lost all this weight and they went through that journey. So now that journey connects those potential people in a similar situation and you have that personal touch that makes it more human. Mm. Yeah, right, absolutely. Um, I mean, the whole add value thing is, it's one of those things that people understand it as a concept but don't know how to implement it. Uh, they don't know how to kind of take that to their own specific thing. So they try and add value, but if we look on, if you scroll your Facebook feed, you'll see a load of value posts that essentially are like, uh, You've got to be the change you want to see in the world. You've got to be authentic if you want to succeed in business. Be positive. You know, think about what you want, not what you don't want. All that kind of thinking, grow rich stuff. It's like I sort of call it like entry level self development stuff. You know, the stuff I heard when I was twenty two, like Tony Robbins type stuff. And I'm like, no, that's valuable to a certain kind of person. But the reality is, we've all heard this stuff a thousand times before, and you can't be at that high level of just saying the same stuff everyone else is saying. So, what is valuable these days is really being able to go to a deeper level and really explain it to a way that people understand. For example, if you know, if you say to someone, well, if you want to lose weight, you need to be able to, you know, you need to go to the gym three times a week and eat healthily and not snack all the time. That's not a value post. Everyone knows that. But if you can explain, now if you could say, everyone say, if you would make a post that said, everyone says that to lose weight, you need to do all that. But Here's the thing, you find yourself, you know you're supposed to do that, yet you find yourself in the evening snacking on a big, like big tub of M&Ms, and you're like, 
I don't even like this. I'm not even enjoying it. Yet you're there shoving it down. And you're like, what am I doing here? And you know you should go to a gym, yet you put it off and you put it off and then you're like, you'll tell yourself some reason and then you don't go. So, and then you explain what the reason for that is and what's going on in the brain and how to overcome it. And you can actually do that in a credible way that works. And the person then goes, right, now I understand it. I thought there was something wrong with me, but now I see the problem. That's not, that's now a value post because no one else is talking to, uh, to that level of detail. But most people are either unable to talk about their subjects about level of detail or unwilling, like fearful that if I give this much information away, then they don't need to buy my product. Yeah, I agree. I think that that fear always exists. How how much can I give before that information becomes, you know, with a paid gate around it? So, I mean, you can give as much as you want, but I mean, ultimately it's, it's, it's you as a person. Obviously, if you have some kind of, you know, course or something and it, it's unique to you and it's not regurgitated from everyone else, then you may want to stop it at a certain level, but something with fitness breaking it down like that and kind of the mindset and psychology behind it, you can really position, okay, well, you know, this person, one knows what they're talking about and two understands kind of the situations that people are dealing with when it comes to, you know, actually being motivated and going through that fitness journey. Mm. Right. I mean, for me as a coach, um, I, I give pretty much most of my theory away, like here's how to do it. But the problem is, I know when you receive it at your end, you still got to be able to process that and go, how does this apply to me and my specific unique business? And actually applying it to whatever your business is, isn't always like straightforward. And often, often it's really, really difficult. You take the concept of going, oh, right, I need to write this kind of pose. And you sit down and write it and something completely different comes out and you don't know why. That's when you need my help and when you need to pay me. Um, which is why I'm not worried about giving too much stuff away because they understand the concept and like, right, this is what I need to do. And then they realize they need my help as a result. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Giving that information is kind of half the battle to that person because you still need the time and kind of the expertise to get it to the point where it's maximum results in terms of, you know, what you're doing. Mm, right, absolutely, yeah. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Uh, sure, yeah, there's a few ways. So they can go to my website, magicsourcemarketing.com and uh, if you click on the blog there, there's loads of kind of detailed content they can follow. Um, also, if you want to join my Facebook group, Magic Source for Online Marketing, just search for it in Facebook and you'll find it easy enough. Uh, those, are, those are probably the two best ways. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me, Roman. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.